I'm in the book of Proverbs, as you know, Proverbs chapter 30. There are more books in the Bible than Proverbs. But this prophecy of Agur is just wonderful. And just like everything in life, we'll be through with it soon enough and be on another passage of Scripture. But right now, at the table that God is seemingly spreading for us, it's out of this 30th chapter of the book of Proverbs. And tonight's message is from verse 15 and 16 on the horse leech. The only place in the Bible where a horse leech or a leech of any kind is mentioned. And yet there's some really good truth, important truth here. Proverbs 30 verse 15, the horse leech hath two daughters, crying, give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things say not, it is enough. The grave and the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire that saith not, it is enough. Sort of a strange text, the horse leech hath two daughters, crying, give, give. What is a horse leech? Well, it's pretty large. It's a very large leech. How many of you know what a leech is? Uh, The horse leech, it is said, though it could attach itself to many different animals or things, living things. Many times when a horse or some type of animal go down to drink water, many times it could go in through the mouth or something and attach itself to the gums of an animal. Maybe as it goes down into the water, attach itself to the foot. I'm not exactly sure where the name came from or if it's just a large leech and thereby they gave it that name. I'm not, I'm not certain. But leeches have really one function and it's, it's pretty, they're, they're parasitic. They feed off of something else. And they're blood suckers is what they are. And, uh, boy, I hate anything. I hate mosquitoes. They're blood suckers. I'll spend thousands of dollars to try to put a screen around something to keep the mosquitoes away from me. I hate blood-sucking mosquitoes. Maybe because they like me so much, I don't know. But a leech is something that will attach itself to something or some living thing and then and suck its blood. They used to think that was very good. As we all grew up, at least if you're older, we grew up reading about how they killed George Washington by sucking his blood with all those leeches to try to purify, which was not what he needed. There may be some uh, strange blood problem that that could help someone, but certainly their idea back in the day was wrong. Those Leeches, as they sucked the blood out of of George Washington, they were sucking the life out of him. And so that's what I think about when I think about these leeches, something that's just sucking the life out of somebody. A blood sucker. Well, that's a vampire. It's a vampire. 
something that feeds off the blood of something else. You know there are vampires in the Bible? Go to Revelation. Let me show you one. Revelation 17. I'm not talking about your movie stuff. I'm talking about real stuff. By the way, there are, we have such a crazy world. There, there are people that drink blood. And you find that throughout the Bible. God told them in the Old Testament. He told them in the New Testament, don't drink blood. Well, evidently somebody was doing that. He said in Revelation chapter 17, this is the text of the great whore of Babylon. The world system of all the Gentile kingdoms that is going to culminate in the Antichrist at the end of the day. And the Bible says at verse 5, and upon her forehead, I'm in Revelation 17, was a name written mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with what? With the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus Blood-sucking. You know, that's exactly what the, the devil's trying to suck the life out of you. The, you know, the devil would kill all of us if the Lord would give him permission. But he's not giving him permission to do that. Now, he, he, he and his system has been responsible for the blood of so many of God's people, literally, and the, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus... This is what intrigues me. I was preaching some of this down in Florida this week. Look at verse 6 at the end. It says, and when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. That's a little strange phrase in the Bible. When he saw this mother of harlots, this babbling the great whore, he was struck with wonder. He was marveling. He was overwhelmed. He was impressed. Be careful what you're impressed with. Look, look what, what, what said to him next, the angel, verse 7. And the angel said to me, wherefore didst thou marvel? Why are you so intrigued about this whore? Why are you impressed with this whore? Why are you marveling and wondering and in awe of such a system that, that, that has been dedicated to the destruction of God's people? But, but this, that, there's you, a, a religious vampire, a biblical vampire. But then there are practical vampires. You say, blood suckers. That just suck the life out of people. You know those leeches they attach and you don't even see it all, but man, they they just feed on that blood. It's, it's like a tick. I mean, everything that does that is a gross, terrible, awful entity in the world. Everybody has probably seen some tick that stayed on a dog and got swole up like that. You know, there are people like that. That just suck the life out of, you know what, I don't, I want to be somebody by the grace of God that when I'm around others, they don't feel like I'm sucking the life out of them. How's that for preaching? I want to be a blessing and an encouragement to somebody if I can. And I think I think you probably know what I'm talking about. You've been around somebody, and when you got through being around, you were so wore out, it's like they sucked the life out of you. Yeah. 
You're laughing. Because you know it's true. Now here's what I want to tell you. Don't be that person. Don't be a horse leech. Be someone that builds somebody up, not sucks the life out of them. Amen. Amen. The horse leech. Now here's what he said in the text. The horse leech isn't by itself. The horse leech produces other leeches. (laughs) The horse leech has two daughters. And you know what they do? They do the same thing their mother does. They want to, they say, give, give. You know what? If you're somebody that sucks the life out of other people, you're going to produce other people that do the same thing. Yeah. I don't want to produce a bunch of leeches. I think you understand that in the practical nature. Look at our verse, verse 15. The horse horse leech hath two daughters crying. Crying. Now you can look at that word crying in two different ways. You can look at that word crying as somebody boo-hoo and crying or crying out with a loud voice. I think really either apply. You know, leeches often uh, play on the motions of others to suck the life out of them. Please, if you loved me, you'd give me this. Don't be a leech. It's gross. Nobody has a pet leech. Nobody has a pet tick. Nobody has a cage full of mosquitoes that they like. And while the world is, a, is fascinated with vampires, just shows the depravity and devilment that's in their heart. Something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. Oh, but it's glamorous. No, there's something, there's something devilish about that. The horse leech hath two daughters saying, give, give. This is what I want to ask you this morning. Are you living the life of a taker? Are you living off someone else? The horse leech is sucking the life out of something else for its own life. Do you see that illustration? It's taking someone else's energy, someone else's, uh, where they have gone and eaten their food and grass. Maybe the horse has been out there all day eating, eating fodder, eating his grass, eating his hay. And then that leech... He doesn't get his own food. He preys off of the nutrients of someone else. You know, we have a society that glorifies leeches. We have, in, in the European economy, it's living on the dole. It's just living on someone else. In America, it's, 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 it's the welfare state. But living off of someone else. In other words, I'm not doing anything to feed myself. I'll just suck the life out of you to live. Mm. Now we understand, you know, the Bible talks about babes and sucklings. We understand that all children are leeches. And that's okay. Because they're little. It's all right that they depend on mom and daddy. It's, it's natural. Babes and sucklings. That, that's the way God designed it. They, 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 they don't yet have the ability. And so someone else has to provide for them. 
But, but bless your heart, there needs to come a day where I quit sucking on my parents. And really that role ought to be reversed. I ought to be giving to them. Not saying give, give. Do you see the picture? I don't want to live a life where I'm constantly saying, give me, give me. That's not, the, that's not the will of God. That's not the plan of God. I'm not to be a taker. I'm to be a giver. I'm not to be a leech. I'm to have a ministry to minister to others. You know, all of us have gone through uh, places in our lives that we needed help from other people. But our desire should be, I want to be a giver, not a getter. I'm sure our church, it's not 100%, but we have a church full of folks that, that like to participate and, and they're not, they're, they're putting something in and not just getting something out. But there, there are people all over the country that go to churches and they enjoy the preaching or enjoy the Sunday school class or enjoy the youth group or enjoy the family camp or enjoy whatever activities are of the church and, and, and enjoy the blessings of the church and the air condition and the heat and the padded pews and they never put a dime in the plate. You know what that is? That's a leech. It's a leech. And, and I don't, we, don't, we shouldn't want to be a leech in our families. We shouldn't want to be a leech in church. We shouldn't want to be a leech on the government. <laughs> Sometimes we have strange conversations. My, my house, I, I was talking to my, my daughter, my, my oldest daughter, and we were talking about her finances, getting ready to file taxes and stuff. And we just got talking about how sometimes when, you get, when you're in the ministry, you know, it's not a thing of money. <laughs> the money's, it's ministry, brother. And I was, I was recounting to her when we started out in the ministry, we could have been on food stamps. I just found out recently they don't even do food stamps anymore. Because it has a, 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 a stigma to it. So they've got a little card that looks just like your credit card. Yeah. We could have got on that. We never did. I'm not saying that's wrong. There's some people that may find themselves in a place that, and I know some people say, well, I would never, I would never take help from the government, but they, those same people take Social Security. Boy, it got real quiet right there. (laughs) Or take disability. Amen. Or drive on the roads. Yeah, amen, preacher. That's all right. You know, a lot of times we're, we we suck on we suck on the system more than we let on. Blood suckers. I don't want to be a blood sucker to the government. I don't want to be a, a blood sucker on my my mother. We, we we were down in Florida, and mom kept wanting to pay for little things. You know, I said, Mom, quit that. I got a card just like you do. Quit that. We we bought some. Some went to an orchard. Praise God. We went to an orchard and these navel oranges and, and this citrus. So wonderful. What a perk. Hey, it, it, it's, not a, it's, it's, not a, it's not a terrible thing living for Jesus. It's a blessing. Amen. Got a whole bunch of oranges. Well, mom wants to pay for everything. You know, I, I feel bad when she pays for anything. I feel like I need to pay everything for her. You know, there are some people that are just leeches on their parents. 
and leeches on the system and leeches on the church and, and even in their relationship. You know what? I don't want to be a friend where I'm always the getter. You understand what I'm saying? I want to be a giver. Now, there are, there are, there are men in this church that have helped me and gone their way and done things for me that I couldn't do for myself and been a blessing to me, and I appreciate that. But, you know, there comes a point where I didn't feel bad about that. That's, that's enough because I don't want to be a leech. Amen. Now, when it, when it comes to these two fellows, they get paid to help me. Yeah, that's right. They get paid to help me. Yeah, they're assistants they're to assist. But what I'm trying to say, if we're not careful, we'll go through life just expecting what someone else, what I can get out of somebody else. You know, there may not be money. You, you know, some people suck the life out of other people. They want all the comfort from somebody else, but they don't want to give any comfort. They want all the time from somebody else, but they don't want to give any time. They want others, they want to suck the kindness and, and good hardness out of everybody else, but they don't want to give that to somebody else. I tell you what, every now and then we need to stop and say, hey, am I being, is my life a taking life or is it a giving life? Am I investing into other people or am I just always on the receiving end? I tell you what, that's why, that's why I'm almost motivated more and more of, of how I need to do more for God. And it's not a guilt trip, it's just that I am on the receiving in all the time from God. But I don't want to be a leech. I want to give him something back. If it's just a praise God, if it's just a raised hand, if it's it's just some act of service that he appreciates, I don't want to just be on the taking end. The horse leech is always crying, give, give. Not me give. That, that's why we try to emphasize giving in our church. And many of you have caught that because we, we just don't want to be takers. We want to be givers. You know, there's another word for that besides a leech. It's a moocher. I don't want to be a moocher. Amen. Don't want to be a leech. What can I say? Preacher, preach some great spiritual truth. You got it. Don't be a horse leech. Give of yourself. Give of your heart. And if you're on the receiving end all the time, you ought ought to stop and say, hey, am I sucking the life out of somebody? This friendship that I have, this relationship in church, am I just sucking the life? When they leave my presence, are they just like... Oh, I need a transfusion. (laughs) Yeah. The horse leech hath two daughters crying, give, give. Keep reading. I'm still in verse 15. There are three things that are never satisfied. He's, He's giving this continual idea of these insatiable appetites of these leeches, their excessiveness and their greed. And he says there are three things that are never satisfied. Never. 
Doesn't matter what happens, they're never satisfied. They're still going to turn around and say, give me some more. Never satisfied. Three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things say, say not, it is enough. There are four things that will never say, that's enough. I'm satisfied. Four things will never say that. Three things never satisfied. Four things say not, it is enough. Look at them, verse 16. The grave. You know, multitudes have gone into that grave and it's still not full. The grave still reaches out for every one of us and there's never enough people to die. It's all, the grave is always waiting for more. The graveyard has people's names on it out there on stones that haven't even died yet. And it'll never be satisfied. It'll never be full. The grave never says, man, we've, we've, got, we've, we've had enough death. Death is never satisfied. I'm glad though the Lord Jesus Christ is going to defeat death. It says the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. One of these days, though death says it's not enough, the Lord is going to say it is enough. No more death. You're done. Grave, no more victory. No more sting. What a day it's going to be when our Lord Jesus Christ defeats death for good and we have no more dying and no more graveyards and no more funerals. The Lord's going to stop that. He says not only the grave is never satisfied and never says it's enough, but he says, verse 16, the barren womb. The barrenness of a woman. I tread lightly here. You know what? Sometimes we, we're not sensitive enough to other people's burdens. Do you know the barren womb is seemingly never satisfied because all of that, all that, all that dear lady wants is a child. And that was true in 1st Samuel chapter 1. And that dear man said, Ma'am, am I not, honey, am I not enough? No, no, it's not enough. Because she's not satisfied. And it's never enough. Because of that desire for a child. Rachel said that to, to, to Jacob. Get, give me children, else I die. Everything you've given me, how much you love me, it's not enough. Gotta have a child. Gotta have a child. We need to be careful with some of that. Be careful going up to these, these, these young women and saying, you not had a baby yet? You're not, when are you going to have a baby? You may not know what you're saying. Did you hear what I just said? Through my ministry, I've, I've, had, I've had mud on my face by, by not being a little bit uh, more wise in how I talk to people. The barren womb never satisfied. Impatience. Nothing else seems to matter. Now that's not the right response. That's not the appropriate response. That's not the one the Lord wants us to have. But that's the condition of life. The grave and the barren womb. The third thing. The earth that is not filled with water. You know, 
Now, we, we've had so much water around here. The earth says, you can back off a little while. But you know what? On a dry day, it's amazing how quick that'll be gone. I'd say this, you could probably take all the rain and all the floods in the whole world and dump them in Africa and the ground wouldn't even be wet. It'd just suck it right up and it's like it wasn't even there. Isn't it amazing? And I know we live in a swampy area and whatnot, but I think that the, the, what he's trying to say, the dry land, that when you pour water on that dry land, it just drinks it up and it'll drink in more. And the next time it comes, you'd think with all the floods, that all the hurricanes, that there'd be water still standing around. But no, the earth keeps drinking it up. You wonder where it all goes. Because the earth is never satisfied. It's always thirsty. Mm. I just wish I was that thirsty for God. God pours, pours water and blessings on us and we say, oh, okay, that's, that's good enough, Lord. You gave, me, you gave me some good help. Oh, that we would have a thirst for God like the earth is never filled with water. He gives a fourth thing. He says at verse 15, Excuse me, verse 16, he says, And the fire that saith not, it is enough. The fire. Look, if you would, just a page over to, or backward to chapter 27 of Proverbs. Fire never satisfied. What is that about? Well, you could talk about forest fires that just seemingly burn on and on. And as long as there's fuel, there's fire that continues to burn and destroy. And, and the destruction's never enough. The fire will keep going as long as there's something that keeps, keeps the, the fuel there. But I think it's deeper than that. He says in Proverbs 27, in verse number 20, he says, Hail and destruction are never full. And then watch how he equates it. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. He says, you know, hell is never full. Hell is always saying, give me a few more souls. Jesus talked about that hell fire. He said, it's a fire that never shall be quenched. The fires of hell will never stop and say, that's enough. We've caused people to be in torment long enough. It's been 10,000 years. That's enough burning, not the fire of hell. It's never enough. It rages and rages for eternity. What a sobering thought of mine. Oh, I'm glad I'm not going to hell tonight. It will never be content with my torment. It would never be content with my suffering. It would rage on and on for eternity. Hell is never full. It's never satisfied. It'll never say enough. And so the eyes of man, he says, are just like that. Are never satisfied. It goes to our own appetites that seemingly never are quenched. Our lusts. Our excessiveness. It's just never enough. You know, people with their sin, you know, they don't come to a certain place and say, well, I've sinned enough. I've had my fill. No, it's never enough. How many hits on that drug is enough? It's never enough. How many people that are greedy and covetous and spend all our life to make money? How much? When is it enough money? Never is. 
I believe it was Howard Hughes. They asked Howard Hughes, how many more, how many more millions do you need or want, Mr. Hughes? You know, he said, he said, one more. One more. Never enough. Never satisfied. You know, we, we understand our sinfulness because we're just never satisfied. We're not satisfied with the life God's given us or the blessing. We always want more. We're like that horse leech. We're like that fire that says I'm not satisfied. I really don't understand. You know, you know, God instituted and created marriage so that you'd have all you need. But what, people, what do people do? That's not enough. Not enough. And the, the, the next verses talk about that. We, we're not going to go into that tonight. But I'd ask you tonight, what's enough for you? You know, I, I'm, my mind goes back to that offering they took up in the Old Testament. And they brought all that offering. And, and he said, that's enough. <laughs> Would you ever have a time in your life you'd go to God and say, God, you blessed me enough. That's enough. Don't need any more. Mm. Don't make my husband any better. He's good enough. Lord, you don't even have to help my wife anymore. She's, she's just fine, just the way she is. Keep her that way forever. Lord, my children are a blessing. Thank you for them. You don't ever have to do one more. No, no. It's never enough. You ever say, hey, praise God. Thank God for my church. Lord, we, we don't even need a better church. We got, we got, we got all we need. You know, usually the human nature is it just never is enough. The job is not enough. The family's not enough. The blessings aren't enough. The mercy of God and the goodness of God and the grace of God is not enough. I keep saying, give, give. I'm not satisfied. I want more. This is not enough for me. That's the horse leech and her daughter's. The book goes like this, and I'm finishing up. Be content with whatsoever state you're in. I've learned that whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be content. God, wherever you put me, however you put me, I'm content with it. It's enough. You know how deeply that goes to the root problems of so much of our humanity that's around us today? You know, you, you know why we have all this craziness in our world? People aren't content with how God made them. If God made you a woman, be happy with it. Amen. I don't want to trade places with you, but you need to be happy with it. I can't imagine some of the things of life that you dear ladies have to go through. I wouldn't want to go through that. But, but I tell you right now, if, if God made me that way, then I need to be content with how he made me. Because you probably got some blessings and advantages that, that us uh, ugly, wicked, ape-like men don't have. You have an advantage in many different areas. If God made you a man, be, be content with being a man. Maybe I'll preach a message on that. All this stuff about this transgender. Guys, it, it boils down to one thing. I'm not, I'm not content with what God made me. It's not enough. I'm not satisfied. I want to be something different. Right. 
You're a leech. You're a blood-sucking leech that can't be content with how God made you. That's what that is. But now, wait a minute. We can get on those people. But how many of us are placed in different stations in life and we're not content with it? And right there's where I, I usually preach it, and I won't tonight because you're you're the good faithful you're the good faithful folks, but but these church hop people they're never content. They're leeches. They just go from one place to another because there's never a church good enough. There's never a preacher good enough. There's never a pastor. There's never a message. There's never a group of people that are, that are sufficient enough. It's never enough. I'm never satisfied. And maybe the problem is you're a leech. I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to the camera. Do you not see how that, that comes? Sometimes we're never content where we are. Maybe that's not the problem. Maybe the problem is with me. Paul said, I've, I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He said, godliness with contentment is great gain. Be content with how God made you. Be content with where God puts you. Be content with what God gives you. He said, be content with such things as you have. Whatever you got, be content with. God wants to give you more? Well, hallelujah. If he doesn't want to give you more, if he wants to take away what you have, just say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Just be content with whatever he gives you. But a leech can't do that. Having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. Be content with your wages, the Baptist said. I bet nobody in here ever got on your, your knees before God and said, God, don't give me any more money. I got enough. Lord, I really don't need a raise this year. You've been too good to me. Thank you. My cup runneth over. Can't take any more, Lord. What's wrong with us? If anybody ought to just be running the basis and happy and content, it's us sitting in this building tonight. We got good clothes on, fix to get in the car and drive somewhere where we want to go and nice air conditioner or or heat heated seats, amen. Heated steering wheels. And then we complain about the little toys when they break in the car. Be content with what God gave you. Be content with who God gave you. That statement says be content with such things as you have. You know what it's followed up with? Or right before that, he talks about marriage being honorable all, the bed undefiled. You know what? You ought to be content with, with your spouse. That doesn't mean you ought to pray. You, you can't pray for them. Be content with who God gave you in your life. Hmm. But preacher, yeah, yeah, I know. It is not enough. I'm not satisfied. Good thing God didn't give you a drunk or a prostitute. He did one of his prophets. He said, go marry that whore. Go marry that harlot. You know what he did? He said, yes, sir. I thank God tonight I don't spend sleepless nights wondering where my wife is at night. Be content with who God gave you. 
And then I'd say this finally, to not be least, just be content with God. Just be satisfied with Jesus. That same text that says, be content with such things as you have in Hebrews 13, 5, and it talks about marriage. It also says, it says, be content with such things as you have, for I, for he has said, I, 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 I will never leave thee nor forsake. The reason I can be content is because I've got Jesus. And I may not have other things, but I got Jesus. And he never leaves me. He never forsakes me. And if everybody else forsakes me, he's going to be right there. And I can be satisfied with Jesus. Let me ask you tonight, are you satisfied with Jesus? Is he enough? Is he enough? Is he enough for you? I give you a final reference. Would you turn with me to Matthew 10? Our little text there in Proverbs 30 that says that they will not say, they will not say it is enough. That little phrase, it is enough, is found in other places in the Bible. And I want to read you one. The horse leech would never say this is enough. But if you're a child of God, this ought to be enough for you right here. You ought to be able to say it is enough with what I'm about to read. Matthew chapter 10. I ask you, what do you want out of life? You know, here, here, guys, here's the great mystery of life. People have this idea of what will satisfy them. And if I only have this, or if I can only do this, or if God would only allow this, then, then it's enough for my life. But here's the truth. Then they get that, and it's not enough. It wasn't what they thought it was going to be. And the picture just changes, and the chapters just change. But the the crowning statement comes back over and over again. It's not enough. I'm not satisfied. But look at this verse. This is where we ought to live. Matthew chapter 10, verse 25. Watch it. It is enough. Do you see that in your Bible? It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master. You know what you ought to say, Lord? If you would just make me like yourself, that's enough. I don't need anything else. I don't want anything else. All that I have is Jesus. All that I claim is Jesus. All that I want, all that I need, all is Jesus. Lord, if you would just make me like you, I'm good. That's good enough for me. If I can just be like you, and if you'll make me like you, I am satisfied.
But until I'm like you, there's so much I need. But it's not what I think I need.